Hello, Emily. Oh, Ooh, it's a spooky intro. Oh, I'm scared. I want to go home. Cat, <laughs> you are home. Cat, yeah. We haven't introduced you. This no, that's is the point. Cat. <sighs> yeah, it's true. Cat's now here. it's like a thing. I have to get in before you guys do. Ooh, freezing. Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Yeah, no, it's true. I think if she just waited patiently once, we'd be like, what are you doing? I mean, this yeah. is already the cursed episode. So. It is. It seriously is. I forgot a mic cable and had to run <laughs> all the way back home. And then we get here and I can't get my mic to stand up. Emily has to put cardboard on it. We have no idea. Like a bunch of other shit has got a cat threw up right before we attempted to start. I fun. mean, it was his own damn fault. But it's true. Yeah, this is idiot. This, this is a cursed pod. Cursed, cursed episode. Pod. Yeah. But the drinks look cool. The drinks look so cool. Tell us about the drinks. Y'all, they okay. have glitter in it. Yeah, that was my addition. I, okay. Look. <laughs> so. Look. So it's called the Devil's Margarita. Mm. Typically when you make it, it's a shot of tequila, half a shot of simple syrup, half a shot of lime juice, and then you layer a red wine over the top. Mm-hmm. We have bigger glasses than like the martini glasses it was showing it in, which is really confusing because it's a margarita. It's a margarita. But, Why would I want um, that tiny bit? So <laughs> I doubled that nice. and I added glitter. It's very pretty. So, um, so we're going to try this. Uh, I already recommend it if, for the uh, look. If you want to see what it looks like, go to our Instagram of the uh-oh feeling. Yes. I posted a picture. Dink it. Oh, Oh, that's lovely. Oh, you know what it is, though? Fucking delicious. It's oh. really good. So for once, we're not drinking something awful. For this. But the risk special, was there. The risk was <laughs> the, always there. The real spook is the fact that none of us are going to get gut rot. Yeah. That's the most terrifying part. <laughs> I'm not used to finishing this podcast and not having gut rot, you guys. I don't know what we're going to do. Yeah. Well, I did accidentally buy a lot of champagne because i forgot that this recipe doesn't call for champagne so if we want that good good gut rot i have champagne we could get it if we need yeah <sighs> if, in case you haven't noticed you guys this is our spooky episode we mentioned it last week we do this every halloween i don't this know will be that our was. third <laughs> official time doing it whoa have you guys yeah. been doing this for three years almost um yeah it'll yeah. be actually three i think next summer but it's our third halloween. in the like fall times because we started podcast. in june Holy fart nuggets. I know, That's right? really it's cool. crazy. It's not we us. haven't killed each other yet. I know. And we're sitting next to each other, which is already like weirding me out a little bit. <laughs> Just it's saying. great. I feel like I've called you because I'm on the opposite end of the table. I feel like I've called you guys into like the principal's office to discuss something with you. Actually, <laughs> we've called you into the principal's office. There's oh, two shit. principals and you're a really <laughs> bad One's the kid. VP. You guys <laughs> yeah. have to decide which one's the VP. I'll take it. I don't want the responsibility of being a principal. Okay. <laughs> You knew you'd go for that. I've got the power. <laughs> All right. Are we fucking ready? Yeah, we have a lot to get through. Yes, absolutely. So Kat is our awesome spooky guest. Yeah. Spooky. Happy Halloween. But yes. Spooky scary. We're trying a <laughs> new thing. Yeah. So we wanted to try and create more content for Patreon. Since we have such lovely patrons. Patreon. Yeah. That. Yeah. That's how you pronounce it okay. in its original language. Oh. <laughs> in the original Latin. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And um, so we wanted to try and create more content, and we thought it'd be really cool because all of our friends are very capable storytellers. Most most of our friends are very capable no storytellers. <laughs> so we thought we would try and have some Patreon-exclusive releases 
just for like what one dollar bracket and up to begin yeah, with basically like it, you know nothing you have to be giving anything crazy you, yeah we want to make this stuff yeah. available to if people. you give these beautiful ladies one dollar <laughs> you <laughs> can hear me babble nervously for about maybe 10 minutes about some, some cool shit going down oh yeah we'll we'll interrupt group. you it's probably gonna be like can you guys or can minutes. we do this like after you get all your shit out so we're all drunk and you think i'm funny absolutely that would be so cool we i mean you are you are going last so good okay good hey speaking of uh patreon we should point out that we have a new patron we do week, and i just had to log in to we the app do. which is why i stopped talking for 25 seconds <laughs> it's very rare it's okay i didn't notice <laughs> our new patron's name is sydney b sydney she is a five dollar <gasps> patron which is a sentient tornado yeah, yeah. Oh, what yeah that's have you not you looked at our patreon oh i like God. glanced at them but i'm We're so, so proud <laughs> they're great i oh, saw the yeah. can of water good good on you sydney thanks man yes you thank as you hell. so much also sydney. thank you for commenting on a lot of our facebook posts absolutely oh is that that sweetheart yeah yeah oh. we've got a couple of really nice people yeah like who just really are always talking to us we love it y'all cool as shit i spy on that <laughs> hell yeah um all right yeah because this is a spooky episode yes i am wearing my black parade my chemical romance hoodie nice because it's the spookiest thing i am wearing my spooky leggings that i bought at my current place of employment halloween express (laughs) i yeah am not wearing a bra spooky (laughs) 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 fucking terrifying whoa very holy sweatshirt that i've had for like 15 years that is what sweatshirts are for yeah, yeah. never having to wear a bra yeah. i'm sorry you're in your own house bra goes off my dudes yeah right <laughs> oh whenever emily has to come over to my house to record i am full on in pajamas yeah yep. every fucking time and it took me about a year before i realized i could just come over in pajamas oh yeah like before yeah. i was like getting dressed that's and, like, what friendship means and then right? i was like wait a second wait a second i feel like <laughs> girls have levels of friendship it's like we're friends you like we're friends and we're on some level so you can see me without makeup yeah and then the next tier is you can see me in like casual clothes and then the next tier is like oh by the way i'm showing up and announced in my pajamas right. with a bottle of wine for literally no reason there's a hole in the ass don't say anything <laughs> about it <laughs> all right are we fucking ready yeah let's get almost spooky in here okay who went to... first last time? I don't remember. We did. Was the last one the Chernobyl yeah. and the Hela cells? Yeah. So you went first last time. Okay. So I will be going first. Okay. Oh Lord. Okay. I hope I don't take up too much time, but I really hope you like this story. I think it's cray cray. I cannot believe I have not heard of it before. Um, yeah. Let's just fucking get into it. The Catechism of the Catholic Church states. When the church asks publicly and authoritatively in the name of Jesus Christ that a person or object be protected against the power of the evil one and withdrawn from his dominion, it is called exorcism. Yo! What up, what up, what up, what up? We doing some Emily Rose shit. Yeah! (laughs) Everyone's heard of exorcism, obviously. We know what that is. Exorcisms, weirdly enough, are not just a thing that the church used to perform like centuries or even decades ago to rid people and homes and objects of demonic presences. They do it today. Yep. They're still doing it. Someone's probably doing it right now. So, in fact, like, not only are they still happening, The Atlantic wrote an article just last year called American Exorcism, 
And it talked about how recently there has been an increase in requests for exorcisms across the U.S. This comes like along with, apparently, the percentage of Americans increasing who believe in demons and the devil. Hmm. That's my bad. <laughs> I'm sorry? <laughs> I did that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you claiming to be the fucking devil right now? A little bit. Yeah, get it. Spooky! Um, <laughs> spooky! Apparently in 1990, 55% of people believed in demons. In 2017, it was 70%. So people are like leaving organized religion in droves, but they fucking believe in demons. It's and millennials. Do you believe it's in demons? Be- it's Do fucking you- millennials. Can, can we like roundhouse question this? Do you believe in demons, Taylor? No. Do you believe in demons? Fun fact. I actually wanted to study demonology when I was in high school. Like, that's what I wanted to go into. Sure. And my mom said no. <laughs> because I was raised with the idea of there being demons and there's power in a name. Oh, yeah. And if oh. you invoke the name of a demon. That comes up. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's huh. why my mom said no when I was like, demonology. She's like, fucked up shit happens to demonologists. You're going to be invoking the names of demons left and right. Yeah. And you're going to get fucked up. Uh-huh. Yeah. Belfagor. And then you get hit by a car. <laughs> I am always definitely one that's like, I think the world would be way more cool and interesting if this was true. I just, I haven't seen shit personally. And that's, that's, I like that we have different opinions on this shit because then we just kind of go, eh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Kat, what do you think? Uh, you know, even though I asked that question, I'm too fucking lazy to make up my mind. I like so you're like agnostic like, about demons. I like the idea of demons. I don't like the idea of demons, but like Whoa. the idea of demons, I'm not gonna turn down. The world is more interesting if demons are in it. But also, like, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, maybe a couple of my exes. Oh shit! But no. <laughs> Look, narcissists and sociopaths aren't demons. They just suck. <laughs> oh, then no, I don't believe in demons. <laughs> wow, I'm alone at this table. So, I am alone on an island of demons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I will say, though, this story, I, I don't have an explanation for this story. Just, just so you know, I fully demons. admit that. Exorcisms are not highly regimented things. They, in the movies, they act like you have to do a certain number of things in a certain order a lot of the time. You do not. Okay. The only thing needed for a real exorcism is, one, the backing of the church. Two. That is very fucking important. Absolutely. Two, the belief of the exorcist. So the person doing it has to believe that you need this, that there is a demon there to be exorcised. So there are a few rules that determine whether or not an exorcism is allowed to be performed. Like you have to meet a certain set of criteria, including loss or lack of appetite, cutting, scratching, or biting of skin, a cold feeling in the room, unnatural body postures, or a change in a person's face or body. The possessed losing control of their normal personality and entering a frenzied rage or attacking others. Uh, Change in a person's voice. This one's big. Supernatural physical strength not subject to a person's build or age. Oh, okay, I'm good. Yeah. The Catholic Church has taken to training new exorcists in the last few years because of the uptick. In Chicago, Rome, and Manila specifically. Go. I know. Mm-hmm. Chicago. Yeah, yeah they gotta have something here. US based. Yeah. Instead of holy water, they just throw Malord at you, I guess. <laughs> that would kill any demon, I'm almost positive. Oh yeah. <laughs> so people believe in demons, they believe in possession, they believe in the power of exorcism, still to this day. So let's talk about how a woman in Gary, Indiana, in twenty eleven 
along with several other people, came to believe she needed an exorcism. Gary, Indiana, Gary, Indiana, Indiana Gary. We went to a Walmart there, and you told me to stop talking and just keep walking. Gary, I was like, why? And Emily's like, I'll explain in the Gary, car. Indiana used to be the murder capital of the U.S. There it is. Um, and also sm- smells like shit because yeah. of the paper mill. <laughs> it's a, it's not a great place. Uh, sorry, Gary, Indiana, but uh, we're from Wisconsin, and we hate Indiana maybe more than any other Midwestern yeah. state. Also, Wisconsin knows a lot about real crazy murders going on. Yeah, so yeah, we've been doing this. If we're saying you're kind of like, ooh, you maybe need slow to calm down, down <laughs> and like maybe chill. Just Taylor Swift it and calm down. <laughs> okay, so inciting incidents. In November of 2011, Latoya Amons, I think it's Amons, it might be Ammons, A-M-M-O-N-S, mm. along with her mother, so Latoya and her mother, Rosa Campbell, and Latoya's three children, ages 7, 9, and 12, are not, the children are not named, by the way. I don't have names for them. That's okay. That's cool. Yeah, this was a stipulation by Latoya. I should mention, this comes from a real ass Indianapolis star like report and they made this report out of 800 pages of documents that they received of this shit happening Jesus so it's not just like the world weekly news shit it's legit this is a a real newspaper and they have real documentation that they link to it's cray so these five people move into a home in Gary, Indiana. It is 3860 Carolina Street. The home has three bedrooms, all on the bottom floor, a small upstairs, and a basement. Soon after the family moves in, in December of that year, so a month later, the family notices a swarm of large black flies around their screened-in porch. Oh, I've seen the Amityville horror. Right, and remember, it's winter. Oh. There shouldn't be flies. There shouldn't be flies. This is not normal. The grandmother, Rosa, remembers thinking. We killed them and killed them and killed them, but they just kept coming back. It's a very demon-y symbol, too. Flies? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Soon, both Latoya and Rosa began hearing footsteps in the basement stairs, coming up into the kitchen, and then like they would hear the door creak open from the basement, even when the door was locked. They would just hear this from other parts of the house. Latoya could see the living room from her bedroom, and one night she awoke to see a shadowy figure in the living room. When she ran to investigate, she found nothing but a set of wet footprints on the floor. I don't like that. I don't fucking like it either, dude. Not cool. (laughs) Fuck off, demons. (laughs) (laughs) It's ya boy. (laughs) (laughs) These things continued for a few months. Pretty innocuous, but spooky stuff. Like, you'd think... A haunting. Maybe we got a ghost. Cool, cool, cool. Tight, tight, tight. Yeah. Until March of 2012. So it's been a few months. The family was gathered with a few friends at the house to mourn the death of somebody they knew. Hmm. It's not really mentioned. But they're having a gathering. Latoya's 12-year-old daughter, the oldest, was playing with a friend in Latoya's bedroom, which again looks out into the living room. While the adults were sitting in the living room, and suddenly Latoya hears her daughter shout, Mommy, Mommy. So Latoya and Rosa went running. Yep. They enter the room to find the girl unconscious, levitating above the bed. Uh, you know, normal girl stuff. Regular shit. You know, 
menstrual stuff. She must be having a first period or something. I remember the first time that happened to me. Yeah, you know when your womb roams? Right. Yeah. Yeah, it just moves about. And yeah. That's actually gravity. a woman's center of gravity. It's true. Yeah. When it when it just decides you're up, you're up. Yeah. <laughs> you're off the ground for Too a while. fucking bad, champ. So apparently, and obviously, everyone freaked the fuck out. Yeah. Several more adults came into the room and they all started praying over the girl as she was still in the air. Eventually, she came back down and woke up. She remembered none of it. Oh, shit. Cool. She doesn't even remember calling for her mom. The people who were visiting the house that day refused to return ever. Sure. Like, oh, yeah. No, 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 no. No, I'm cool. We're yeah. done. Yeah. All right, I'm head out. Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 they were all that meme, literally getting out from the couches in the living room, like, I, I, I gotta go. head out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. At this point, LaToya and Rosa know for sure this is something supernatural. Mm-hmm. They need help. Sam and Dean. <laughs> right. But they start calling the local churches. Only one will listen to their, their story at all. They're mostly like, ladies, come on, chill out. So <laughs> Your child was levitating. You're fine. <laughs> yeah, again, period. Don't worry so about it. So one church that listens recommends drawing on the windows with crosses made out of oil. So they do that. And they also put oil on the children's hands and feet and anoint their heads in a cross. Sure. With oil as well. Two clairvoyants come to the house, one of which tells them, (laughs) no fucking shit, that the house is full of over 200 demons. Oh, that's a fucking frat party. That's a lot of demons, dude. That's so many demons. (laughs) So, like, this is like a mouth-to-hell situation. Yeah. Yeah. There's a portal in there somewhere. It's not great. Someone did some <laughs> it's bad shit. It's not great. <laughs> Someone did some bad shit in that house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they would have to. Like, that's a lot of demons. That's a lot. Yeah. You can't even breathe. They believed the evil was pouring up from the basement. Sure. Makes sense. It's logical. Yeah. Basements suck. And that's where they first started hearing noises and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They instructed LaToya to make an altar in the basement. Nope. And lay a ring of salt down there, which she does. Latoya and her mother wore white shirts and headscarves in the house. They lit sage and sulfur and went around the house speaking Psalm 91, which goes, You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. They did a lot, is the point. They did everything they were told. And things were quiet. Until. For like three days. Sure. Oh, yeah. Okay. I have a feeling it's going to get worse. Yeah. Like a little then bit? then the full-on possession started. Uh-huh. According to LaToya, all three of her children and herself were possessed by demons. Well, I mean, there were enough demons to go around. Apparently. So. Yeah. 200 is a lot, my friends. <laughs> There's still 196 demons <laughs> just waiting in line. <laughs> it's like a slow queue when you take a number like a butcher's shop. <laughs> exactly. They're all waiting. So, LaToya reported feeling lightheaded and not in control of herself during times when the possession took hold. She was even known to convulse at times. The children took on strange faces and voices. Uh, Their eyes would bulge out of their heads. That seems normal. And they would, yeah, super normal. 
for children. Mm-hmm. And they would get creepy smiles on their faces. Nope. And, and their voices would deepen when they spoke. You know what I love about this? What? After this is done, I'm going to have to go over to my mom's creepy ass Queen Anne bungalow built Fuck in the yeah. fucking 1800s Whoopsie alone. <laughs> so sorry about it. Hey, I think you'd know if there were demons there by now. Yeah, they would have woken I me up. I would have told you. Yeah. I would have known if there was 200 of them at least. Oh my God, yeah. I wouldn't be able to set foot in that house. <laughs> That's legit. It is worth noting... That Rosa, the grandmother, remains unaffected. And she states simply that it is because she and people like her have a special protection against the devil. She does not give you anything else. <laughs> that's just can, what she says. Can I go on a personal anecdote? Because that's a very grandmother thing to say. Right? When <laughs> when I was with my grandmother uh, mm-hmm. in Sudbury, I was like, oh, Graham, like this like sheet says like, if I have any allergies, do I have any allergies? And she just looked at me firmly and went, no, we don't believe in allergies in this house. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> That's the same energy. Yeah, very same energy of like, oh, no, 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 honey. I'm immune to demons. Yeah. I got this. Um, what you may be learning from this is that this is a very, 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 very religious family. Mm-hmm. Sure. It just is. Yeah. So other things start happening around this time. Latoya's youngest son, seven years old, said he spoke to a boy in his closet who told him what it was like to die. Oh. So that's cool. That's rude. Right? Shitty. Save the surprise, guys. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's your worry? <laughs> For people who, like, give shits about, like, demonic presences and hauntings and stuff, I've watched a lot of, you know, ghost hunting stuff. Demons like to pretend to be children. Yep. For a certain amount of time, at least, just to seem innocuous, basically. Especially yeah. in a house with children, because it helps them gain trust. Right. That's a lot of the time, that's how they present themselves first. At one point, this same boy was launched out of their bathroom and slammed into a wall like something had picked him up and thrown him. The 12-year-old complained of hearing voices saying that she would be killed when feeling like she was being choked and held down in her bed when she tried to sleep. Don't like that. The family started spending as much time as possible outside the house. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Peace. (laughs) Yeah. I'm out. Right? Including sleeping at a hotel most nights. I would. I wouldn't want to be there after dark. Sounds fucked up. Yeah, there's just a risk, though. Because sometimes the possession, like, when they form an attachment with you, yes, they are centered in the house. But, like, sometimes if you leave or you move... It follows you. It follows you. Sure. Great movie. Was it? From what I understand... It follows a great movie. (laughs) It follows is a great movie. Yeah. Um... All right, this one's called CPS gets involved. <laughs> uh, I read that like it's an it's always sunny title card. <laughs> <laughs> the gang gets CPS involved. <laughs> Eventually, Latoya calls on their family physician to have them examined. She just is, please look at us. Please tell us what's going on. Sure. Uh, his name is Dr. Onyukwu. Sorry, it's a there's a lot of vowels. I'm hoping that's right. He is one of the skeptics in this story. He heard the family story and even came to their house with a couple of other medical staff, which is kind of crazy, mm-hmm. but they did it. While, during his visit, his notes include delusions of ghosts in the home <laughs> and hallucinations. So he is writing down like, okay, these people believe this. I am concerned about their mental state. Sure. During the visit, though, some shit went down. And this is in the reports, like, of the medical personnel and also of a later made CPS report. 
While he and the other staff were there, the children started shouting at him in deep, guttural voices. The staff saw the seven-year-old get lifted and flung into a wall like somebody picked him up, but nobody was there. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Then the, bo- the two boys fell unconscious and would not wake up. The staff called an ambulance while Latoya and Rosa held them and prayed over them. Dr. Onyekwu said everybody was, they couldn't figure out what was happening. So everyone's panicking. The boys are taken to the hospital where they eventually wake up. One of them is pretty lucid and normal. The seven-year-old thrashes. It takes several people to hold him down. Oh, my God. Yeah. Meanwhile, this could be taken a lot of ways. Someone unknown, not listed in the report, calls CPS, Child Protective Services, on LaToya and reported her for abuse and neglect. Apparently, LaToya's children had not been making it to school regularly, which shocked. Yeah. They got some demons in them. Well, right. Like her, she was like, well, they're haunted and possessed and it leaves them exhausted and sick. So they don't go to school all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But this is also, if you're looking at abuse and neglect in a home, truancy is one of the things you're looking at. Yeah. The person reported who reported her said they believed that the children's behavior was because Latoya had a mental illness and they were performing for her, giving her what she wanted. Basically. Yeah. Either way, now CPS is involved, which is not fun. No. 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 Specifically, a woman named Victoria Washington handled the initial investigation. And what happened when the boys were taken to the hospital comes from her. This is her report. Hospital staff checked the children and found them free of marks and bruises, signs of abuse, they're fine. They also did a mental health evaluation on LaToya and found that she was of sound mind. And then this shit happens. Ooh. Victoria speaks to LaToya and the, th- and the three children while they're still at the hospital. While they're talking, the seven-year-old's eyes start to bulge out of his head and he bares his teeth and growls at her. Then he wraps his hands around his own brother's throat and won't let go until multiple medical staff pull him away. Oh. So, strong boy. Yeah. That's Strong like, this demon. Is, right? This, this is my favorite part. That same day, <laughs> Victoria returns to speak to just the boys and their grandmother, Rosa. She brings a nurse named Willie Lee Walker. That's an, Al- ama- that's an <laughs> amazing name. Thing. Fuck fabulous yeah. <laughs> Almost immediately, the youngest boy starts growling again, and he says to Washington, it's time to die. I will kill you. Oh. oh. Okay. While he's doing oh, this. Okay. While he's, like, saying shit like that, his older brother, the nine-year-old, who is sitting with Rosa, starts headbutting her in the stomach over and over and over and over, and he gets this weird grin on his face. And he wouldn't stop even when Rosa grabbed his hands and started to pray. And what happened next is literally in the CPS report and is corroborated by Nurse Walker. The older boy stops headbutting his grandmother, and with that weird grin on his face, he walks backward up a wall. What? Goes onto the ceiling, flips over his grandmother's head, and lands on his feet behind her. He was holding her hand the entire time. He walked up a wall, flipped over her, and stood there, Walker told the star. There's no way he could have done that. 
what the fuck this is why i'm like why haven't i heard of this like the don't like i'm just picturing the sickest backflip yeah right like literally like people later were like seriously though did did, like he take a running start yeah do some sick like nine-year-old parkour yeah no he was gonna tony hawk the (laughs) shit out of that (laughs) no but according to both witnesses he glided slowly backwards up the wall onto the ceiling and down onto the fuck yeah Victoria Washington ran the fuck out of the room. Yeah. Like ran. yeah bye. <laughs> I don't blame her. She literally was like, bye. Deuces. This is, this is why this is my favorite part. As for Nurse Walker, we didn't know what was going on. He said, that was crazy. I was like, everybody got to go. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking mood. I had on my head out. <laughs> yeah, literally. Like, they both just peace and leave these three they, people alone. They are the vine of... I don't really know what What's happened. Happening? I don't really care. I'm going to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yes, exactly. I so, don't blame them. No, that is insane shit. Yeah, bye. Oh, my God. I'm going to pray for you. Right? <laughs> so, the seven-year-old remained in the hospital overnight. While After doing his... some sick flips. Oh, well, that was no, the, the nine-year-old. nine-year-old. Oh, shit. Six it's hard when there's no names to go by. I hope this is clear enough. But the seven-year-old's also crazy. So the children, the other children are taken to relatives. They celebrated the youngest child's, so he was seven. He turned eight the next day. <laughs> so, yeah. so they celebrate his birthday in the hospital with a little cake. And that would be the last time they were together as a family for a long time. CPS took emergency action and removed the children from Latoya's custody without a court order. Ooh. Ooh, which which is a I, thing you can do in a in what they would consider a extreme very, emergency. Yeah. yeah. I, I get, but like yikes. I get yeah. it, but yikes. yikes. <laughs> For real. Yeah. Because there's one side that's like, demons. Fuck. And there's <laughs> another side that's like, I don't know what's going on, but get the children out of that house. Just like yeah. this has to stop. Yeah. 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 Be their mother's like absolute complete delusion. Or if it is demons, get them out the fucking still house. Get them out of yeah, the yeah, house. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of on that boat it's, personally. It's, yeah, it's still shitty though. Of course, like, yeah. Toya doesn't seem like a bad mom. No, no, and it's really hard when CPS gets involved and they remove them from the house, getting mm-hmm. them back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's really like fucking yeah. hard. Like a months-long process, yeah. sometimes years. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, let me see here. It was believed by Victoria Washington that whatever was happening, the children were under a severe some, uh, uh, spiritual and emotional distress. And that Latoya's beliefs in this being a like religious demon-based issue were not helping. Sure. So, quote from Latoya, she said that the family cried together when they were told they would be separated. We've always been through so much and fought so hard for our lives. It was obvious we were a team and we were beating it, whatever we were fighting. We made it through together as a team, and they separated us. This part's called, let's get the church involved, shall we? (laughs) Chapter three, (laughs) some church shit. (laughs) Latoya and her mother, Rosa, return to their three-bedroom, 200-demon home by themselves. (laughs) 198 demon home, I'm guessing. right now, yeah. Or like 97. (laughs) Yeah, who knows how many are actually, you know, maybe in them kids running around. They continued reaching out to local churches until finally their story reaches St. Stephen, Martyr Parish in Maryville, where the chaplain tells, and this bothered me a whole bunch because they call him Reverend Michael Maganot, but I actually looked and I was like, this is a Catholic church. Why would he be a reverend? Megan, not a reverend. 
Fuck you. Unless it's something specific <laughs> hey. if he's like ordained to do certain exorcisms or something. I don't know. Well, or if that's just what they call him in the community and he goes with it. Pay, maybe because I actually looked up the church and he is still there. And on the church page of like about us, he is referred to as father. Yeah. Michael Maganot. So he's a priest. So maybe someone just got very confused in their facts. Super checking. possible. He, I mean, he it's loves very him some Jesus, and that's kind of what matters. In Indiana here, has drive-through churches. So <laughs> I'm sorry, what? But like the whole we thing- drove past one cat. We did. One. Yeah. Oh, the whole thing with you know exorcisms is like this is a Catholic church thing. Yeah. Other churches don't do this. They shit. don't. Well, well, okay. They but, don't do real exorcisms. Sure, but well, because uh, technically a real exorcism should have the backing of the Catholic Church and the yeah. Pope specifically. But anyway, so Father, I'm going to call him Michael Maganot, word reaches him of what is happening and that he needs to perform an exorcism specifically on Latoya's nine-year-old son, the one who was doing the sick flips. Now, as we talked about, an exorcism needs two things to work, the backing of the Catholic Church and the belief of the exorcist. So, Father Maganot, if he is going to perform this, he needs to go to the house and see if he truly believes there is a demonic presence or if something else is going on. He's got to case the joint. He does. Right. He really does. So he visits on April 22nd, 2012, and he tries to sit down and interview Latoya and Rosa, but keeps getting interrupted. First, the bathroom light starts flickering as they're talking, Mm -hmm. and it stops every time Father Maginot walks over to it. Yep. Oh, they don't like him. Exactly. No, he, he would like, have had afraid. He would have had one he- fucking hell of a time if he tried to bless that fucking house. Mm. He does later. He calls it a major blessing, like it's a intensive process. <laughs> Not a minor. It's crazy. One. <laughs> Not a minor. So later, as he's still talking to them, the Venetian blinds in a room start moving with no apparent wind source. Then Latoya begins to complain of having a headache. Mm. Maginot, just for shits and gigs. <laughs> Holds a crucifix to her forehead. Sure. Yeah, you know, shiggles. <laughs> yeah. And she starts to convulse. Okay. Yep. All right. All this and Maganot reports seeing wet footprints on the floor in the kitchen. Mm. So this guy's be- basically like, oh, there's demons. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> what the fuck happened? There's, there's, a, there's at least 200 demons in here. Yeah. <laughs> so he tells, he sprinkles holy water in each room and says a couple prayers. And then he tells Latoya and Rosa to get the fuck out of there. <laughs> Yeah. Go stay with relatives. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is going to get ugly. This part's called Let's Get the Police Involved, shall we? (laughs) (laughs) Let's just keep ramping this shit up. (laughs) CBS, the church, it's popo time. Seriously, like, the group that comes together in this is incredible. The police are not shitty in this, I will just say. Why isn't this a movie? Uh, right? Like, I will say Because it only happened in 2011, and if my assumption is right, it's black people. It is. Yeah. So that's why there will never be a movie. I'm looking at the house right now, by the way. (laughs) There is a documentary called Demon House by a famous ghost hunter about this house. Zach Brannigan. No, wait. That's from Futurama. His name is Zach. Yeah. I don't know who the (laughs) fuck He's from like Ghost Hunters International or some bullshit. Anyway. They do leave the house. But must return a week later because CPS case manager Victoria Washington needs to come and check out the state of the home. That's just part of it. It's haunted. It's a haunted ass That's place. the state. <laughs> it's pretty standard stuff, though. They do that to make sure that the house isn't, like, horribly disgusting. There's not, like, yeah. needles on the floor Can and children shit. children live here? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She asks a Gary police officer to come with her. And she invites one officer 
two other officers invite their own asses because they want to see what is going sure. on so bad. I would be that police officer. I'd be like, oh, no, uh-huh. hold up. Give me an excuse. Oh, I will. Yep. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, you that. need an escort? Oh, okay. <laughs> I heard some suspicious noises. I'm coming in. <laughs> Victoria Washington and three whole police officers go to this house on Carolina Street. Latoya, the mom, refuses to go inside. She's sure. like, nah, I'm done. Yeah, no, by the way, the keys, bye. Yeah, yeah, no, sidebar, good for Victoria. She just saw some kid do some sick and fucking parkour, and, and she's, she's like, like, nah, I gotta check this out. I will like, say, the CPS regulations are intense. I would yeah. peace. <laughs> no, the thing is, there's a second CPS person involved, because after this, Victoria refuses to enter the house again. She's done. That's so, fair. Yep. This huh. is the last time you will see her. Um, <laughs> so the group goes around the house uh they're taken around by um rosa the grandmother who is like i'm immune <laughs> i'm fucking bulletproof exactly <laughs> so she shows them around the house and eventually they go into the basement where they see latoya's altar and salt ring are undisturbed rosa explains this is due to the demons they were told to do this it is worth noting that the gary police captain austin was on this trip and his ass does not believe in demons. Except now maybe he does. Maybe a little bit. Like he went into this fucking house and was like, I don't know anymore. Did you did you say if the salt was like broken? No, it, it's it was still undisturbed. There? It's okay. Fine right now. Okay. Well, I mean, it obviously didn't help, but still. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he put an altar and you put salt around it. You're assuming you've put it over where the portal is. Right. Fair. And they don't really know. They're or like maybe, maybe it caught like five of the demons, but the others are still just fucking They're running just, around. just like knocking on the wall. Playing like demon <laughs> beer pong and like, shit. Guys. Guys. <laughs> it's just like cold down here. Uh, it's dark and scared y'all it floods it's wet i'm gonna go up and check it out <laughs> so police recorded their interview with rosa as they walked through the house oh. part way through the batteries on the recorder started to die that's oh. normal even though they were new that's oh. normal another recorder which still worked for a while picked up an unknown voice that said hey Oh. when they played it back later oh that's the youtube thumbnail is, i have yeah this is police officers too being like yeah. hey i heard a thing here um they also took photos in one photo a cloudy white image can be seen near the basement stairs to the officers it appears to resemble a face captain austin also caught some strange silhouettes on his iphone camera and then upon driving home that day the radio in his police car started to malfunction when he arrived home the garage door refused to open And then in his own personal car, the driver's seat adjuster malfunctioned and started moving backward and forward on its own. No. This all happened to him in a day. Mm. He was like freaking out. (laughs) The demons were bored. This part's called, let's get mental health professionals involved, shall we? Oh yeah, we're just (laughs) ticking off all them boxes. Mm. So this is adding up to be a lot of evidence in favor of demons are real and these people are possessed. To be very honest, like uh, even I believe that, 100%. (laughs) However. Yeah. Even the police are starting to believe, but there are still members of the CPS to deal with and mental health professionals who are not yet convinced that this is not a shared extreme delusion. Mm-hmm. How uh, how big did you say the document was? Like 90 pages? 800 pages. That's that's way more than 90. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot, a lot, a lot. I mean, 90 would be a lot. I don't did even they... know what 800 pages means. Like, why is it that long? Like, it's from CPS reports and police reports and oh, like medical all combined. reports, yeah, 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 probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Medical records, exactly. <coughs> Latoya, it is said, allowed um, the Indianapolis Star access 
so that they would not list her children's names, basically. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, not awesome, but like I mean, interesting, like, I think is the better word for it. Yeah. Like tell this story, but you know, leave my kids out of it. CPS is granted wardship over the three children in April of 2012, and they send the children to various facilities. The youngest boy is sent to Christian Haven for psychiatric evaluation. A behavioral psychologist named Stacy Wright evaluated the boy and found a pattern to his reactions. He'd be fine and normal, answering questions coherently, until you started to ask him about being possessed. If you challenged him, he would tend to start acting possessed. That is the only time he oh. would begin to do that. Okay. He would stop answering questions, start trying to change the subject sometimes. Like, either he would act possessed or he would be like, if you die, do you go to space? And like, just do you? random kid questions to get off the topic. Which, to her, was a little suspect. That he didn't really have much of an idea of what he was doing. And when you challenged him on it, he didn't want to talk about it. Yeah. Quote, this appears to be an unfortunate and sad case of a child who has been induced into a delusional system perpetuated by his mother and potentially reinforced by other relatives. According to Stacy Wright, a professional evaluating Latoya's daughter had sim similar thoughts. But they're, they're, neither of them are the ones who walked on the fucking ceiling. Right. Yeah, um, they didn't do no flips. No, I'm stuck nothing, on that. Yeah. I'm stuck on that. I'm I know. sorry. Oh, <laughs> I know. Uh, that, that part's the one thing that it's like, I don't fucking know. People witness that. Yeah. Um, Latoya was also evaluated. And while it appeared she was not psychotic or experiencing a major disorder, one person recommended further evaluation, quote, to determine whether her religiosity may be masking underlying delusional ideations or perceptual disturbances. Basically, is LaToya so religious that explainable phenomena are being attributed to demons and her children latched onto that? Really, really trying to, yeah, make yeah. this true because, you know, that's their mom and they don't want her to seem crazy and they want to believe what she believes. I mean, or, they genuinely believe it because their mom believes it. Right. Yeah. Or is this shit all really fucking happening? Yeah. It's, like, both of them, is, like, that's really, that sucks. That's a hard fucking thing. Yeah, I mean, either way you put either it, it fucking, fucking blows. Either fucking demons are real, or... Yeah. <laughs> like, this sucks either way. It's a, either it's way, a it is bad, the worst. Catch-22. Yeah. But, like, it's spooky Catch-22, because mm -hmm. this is a spooky episode. <laughs> CBS thinks this is relevant enough that when they set goals for the family, goals that must be met if LaToya is to get her children back, it includes... Quote, taking responsibility for actions and not blaming them on demons. <laughs> that is seriously in there. Latoya. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I like, this, laugh. this shit is just, that shit insane, though. No, I just, um, you know, you know how in The Simpsons, I don't know if it's still a running gag, but like Bart would always write something different each episode on the blackboard. Mm -hmm. I just kind of <laughs> immediately yeah. went from going, I will not let demons take responsibility for my actions. Over and over and over and over. Yeah. Yes. Um, she is allowed to work on new kinds of discipline and encouragement with her children under supervised visits. This all sounds like CPS 100% does not believe she is what is going on, what she is saying. Mm -hmm. However, they also stipulated that Latoya had to find a new place to live. She could not have her children back, quote, due to the paranormal activity at the house on Carolina Street. That's so they, fair. They don't not believe her. Yeah. Very mixed signals, for sure. Yeah. 
Let's get everyone involved at once. Yay. (laughs) This is my favorite. This is so great. The second time the CPS case manager went to the house, one, she was a different person. (laughs) Victoria Washington noped the fuck out. She seriously was like, I'm not going back in that house. Nope. Eat my dick. Um, (laughs) Eat my whole dick. That is in my statement. Entire dick. That's in page 695 of the report. Latoya quote. I highlighted it. Eat my dick. Um... So instead, a woman named Samantha Illick was there. Captain Austin and the same two officers from before, those busy-bodied motherfuckers, came back, as well as two Lake County officers, a police dog, and Father Magnot, all at once. The gang's all here. That... I'm so excited. That's so... Fuck, I'm on board. It's like the end of a a season, and they brought everyone together. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. So So the group goes into the basement, where Samantha Illick touches a substance on the walls that is both sticky and slippery. Hey, bitch, what? This is the last... (laughs) This is the last 20 minutes of a horror film. For real. It really does feel like that. (laughs) Absolutely. They're all gonna die. (laughs) Yeah. Or no, no, no. Whoever the one girl is is gonna get out alive. Right. It's like... And the dog, it's maybe. Like Latoya is the only one who lives. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Final shot: else. her in the back she of just... an ambulance with a shock blanket, staring <laughs> yeah. at the house. Like, yeah, I warned them. I fucking warned them. I told them not to go in. Exactly. Credits. Fucking exactly. Mushu. Then Magnot probably makes everyone pretty uncomfortable by saying he wants to dig up the dirt under the stairs to see if there's a pentagram that would indicate a portal to hell. Hey, do you guys mind if I dig up some dirt exactly. here for a little bit? I'm looking for a pentagram yes, because it might be a portal to hell. Thanks, guys. Know, guys. This is a portal to hell. And everyone, I just imagine this really long, awkward silence. Yeah. <laughs> Before he added, or like, you know, a body under there or something. <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's really true. He said that. <laughs> so the fucking Scooby-Doo-ass group starts digging. They found a pink press-on fingernail, a white pair of panties, a political shirt pin, a lid for a small cooking pan, socks with the bottoms cut off below the ankles, candy wrappers, and a heavy metal object that looked like a weight for a drapery cord. Did they say what year the pin was from? No, uh, that made me mad. I I was like, is this an I like Ike situation? 800 pages of documents. I mean, this is the Indianapolis Star, too. I can't see all the documents. It's possible they mentioned. Were it, they but, arranged yeah. in a pentagram? <laughs> right? Like all those items are in a perfect know, pentagram. <laughs> panties make a portal to hell sometimes. <laughs> uh, the Anyone who cuts their socks dancing. off that way. <laughs> yeah. It's all, it's a weird assortment of items. Yeah. But I mean, like, it's not really weird when you think about it. Like, I mean, yeah, just like random can, shit in a basement. Right, like, that eventually just kind of gets covered over when half the floor is dirt and yeah. half of it is concrete. Like, you're just kind of sweeping shit. Like, whatever. it's interesting, but I, you could make a case for it just being like a bunch of random shit. Right. Mm-hmm. So Magnot then blessed some salt and spread it around the area, hoping to contain any demonic energy spreading from under the stairs. Afterward, they're all in the living room, and Samantha Illick feels her pinky finger go numb. Mm. which is someone who gets migraines uh that's just something that happens uh yep. sometimes which is actually super scary <laughs> but, yep. my, but she does start to my feel right it. hand mm-hmm. will go numb uh mine does it one finger at a time it'll start with the pinky and then it'll be the ring and mine the goes middle. these three oh, the three wait. middle fingers and then it goes out fuck i it's it's a very nasty sensation because you're like what is happening am awful. i dying it's awful yeah 
So this is happening. <laughs> Shit, y'all. Yeah, Fuck. Sucks. Yeah. When oh, I get a migraine, I just get a really bad headache and I have to fucking sleep this for is a couple only, hours. This has happened to me a couple times, I will say. Yikes. Yeah, it's not great. Um, so she starts to feel like it's tingling and it's painful so much that she thinks it's broken. Sure. A few minutes later, she feels like she is having a panic attack. She can't breathe in the house. So she leaves and she waits on the front lawn while everyone else does a sweep. An oil-like substance is found on the the Venetian blinds in multiple rooms. Same substance? Hmm? Same substance? Not sure. Okay. Like, they okay. don't say for so sure. So this isn't a Ghostbusters Slimer situation, or it could be. We don't know. Maginot believes that the liquid is a manifestation of a paranormal or demonic presence. Like, not not ectoplasm. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I, I remember reading stuff about, like, plasma being a thing just like it just appears in places it drips down from places that are fucking haunted as shit yeah um and it is cool like being good little investigators the police officers wiped the oil off the blinds made sure there was no source it could be dripping from and left the room do you think maybe it was like leftovers from when they from when they anointed that's why they're testing it yeah exactly like that (laughs) is a good thought but yes they wipe it away from the blinds oh guys just for the record i had a good thought yeah i want y'all to to keep that in there i had one thought that made sense so proud of you hell yeah (laughs) yeah they do that they wipe it away they leave the room they come back it's back that okay no yeah (laughs) you tried cat Right, no, saw that, that one coming. Too. The one time I try to be rational, and it's about demons. And yeah. now it's on brand. The weather. Now it's time to get the bishop involved. Oh fuck! <laughs> yeah. So Maginot's seen enough. Yeah. So. Oh, this I, is the last t- twenty minutes of the horror movie. Then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, okay. This isn't like. No one dies, you know. Like if it yeah. was a horror movie, they would have all died in that house. Yeah. This this part's the denouement of a very nice story. Honestly. Sure, 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 sure. As mentioned, a true exorcism requires the backing of the church. But Bishop Dale Malchek has never approved an exorcism in his entire time with the diocese, and he wasn't about to do it now. <laughs> so Father, <laughs> right? So Father Maginot decides to go with what he calls a minor exorcism, which is the same thing, but it does not require the backing of the church. It also isn't as strong. But it is something. See, I would have gone a different direction and I would have taken the bishop. I would have kidnapped him. Whoa. And I would have locked him in that basement hey. for 20 minutes. So that's 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 going on like Emily? <laughs> this is going to possibly be evidence for you in a future case. Yeah, like chill so that I don't have to implicate you in court. Yeah, I don't, I don't really feel like testifying. Um, so. Neither of you are court mandated reporters. So um, snitches get stitches. <laughs> Fair. Okay. That is fair. Moving on. So this is maybe one of my favorite parts. He asks other priests around the area for instructions on how to perform the ritual. And they tell him to look that shit up on the internet. <laughs> oh, my God. What a time to be alive. <laughs> like, honestly, Google it. Why are you asking me? Exactly. Literally. <laughs> I bet that's they all looked at him like, what are you, stupid? Google. <laughs> do you not know how the internet works (laughs) yes the scooby-doo gang is all in on this shit at this point so two officers and samantha illick attend the first minor exorcism that father maginot performs on latoya herself according to samantha the girl who had to leave the house she got chills during the ritual which took two hours we felt like someone was in the room with you someone 
breathing down your neck. Oof. This is the second CPS woman. Not the one who saw the flips. The second one. <laughs> Parkour! Yeah, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> After his first ritual, the bishop gave his permission to perform a true exorcism on LaToya. Hmm. On LaToya? Yes. Okay. This is all happening to LaToya. Okay. The children are no longer having issues. That was my second are, question. Yeah. yeah. They've been gone a while. Yeah. Um, in total, Father Maginot performed three exorcisms on her. Two in English, the final one all in Latin. Okay. Between, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. those are stronger. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yep. So it is said, yeah. Um, between these rituals, he told Latoya to find the names of demons. You were talking about the names of demons being mm-hmm. a big fucking deal. Mm-hmm. That he was like, look up on the internet again. Names of demons that seem to fit the profile of what is happening to you and your family. I, I'm going to need you to go to Wikipedia real quick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there are so many demonology sites. Oh, yeah. That, I've looked yeah. at them for like sure. dumb yeah. reasons. But yeah. Like, and then has weird shit happened to you? No. Maybe just don't speak the names out loud. Yeah, I haven't said shit out loud. But either way, like, he left for a little bit between exorcisms and was like, if you have problems, I need you to write down the names of the demons that you think might be the problem. Put them in an envelope. Bring them to the church. A woman there will burn the envelope for you. <laughs> and that is what happened. She had bad dreams. Wow. The burned the envelope. She stopped having bad dreams. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to need you to go down to the Navy Pier at, like, 6 a.m. You're going to meet a guy in a black (laughs) trench coat. You're going to take that envelope with the names you've written that you haven't revealed to anyone and he's just going to throw it into the river. (laughs) And you'll feel better. (laughs) It's crazy. But for LaToya, it works. Sure. One of the demons that fit was Beelzebub, by the way. Oh, fuck. Oh, he's the fly one, though. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. He is a pestilence demon. There are also other ones that specifically torment children. Mm. So there's a few. The final exorcism, all in Latin, was performed at Magnot's church in Maryville. He pressed a crucifix against Amund's head and spoke in Latin. I cast you out, unclean spirit, along with every satanic power of the enemy, every specter from hell, and all your fellow companions, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Get fucked. Magnot said his voice continued to get louder, and more forceful until the demon weakened. He said he could tell how strong the demon was by how much she convulsed. Latoya reports that she felt intense pain going through her body during this process, as if something were trying to make its way out. It hurt differently, but as much as giving birth. She prayed with Maginot until it became too painful. Eventually, Latoya passed out, and Maginot said a prayer of thanksgiving. After this... Latoya never saw Father Maginot again. That's, yeah. All right, I'm ahead out. They're both like, peace, get out Thank of my you. life. Thank you. I really hey, can't like, see you again. Thanks for this, but I hope I never fucking see you again. Yes. Hundo. By this time, she and her mother had moved into a place in Indianapolis. Cool. Better. Where they, yes. Yeah. Not Gary. Where they said they lived without fear. She continued to see her children under super, supervision. But she no longer felt plagued by demons, and neither did her children. Six months after her children had been taken from her, Latoya regained custody. They screamed and jumped for joy when they saw each other. Yeah, it was just awesome, Latoya said. I hadn't been that happy in God knows how long. According to an official report by CPS, they closed the case in 2013. 
Hell yeah. Quote, the family is no longer fixated solely on religion to explain or cope with the children's behavior issues. Fuck you, CPS. For real. Listen, if that, no, but like my thing is like, if that's, if that's the official statement they have to give to like, you know what I mean? Maybe there's two people at CPS who go, I don't know, man, but they can't fucking say that. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. They're like, okay, here's how we're going to spin it. Yeah. Here's how we're going to spin it. (laughs) No strange activity was was reported in LaToya's old house on Carolina Street before she moved in or after she moved out. The landlord said he's received no complaints outside of those of LaToya's family. A documentary called Demon House, like I meant. What are we going to call this documentary? Demon House! House. (laughs) So, that shit, that's a really real story that has a lot of documentation and a yeah. lot of people who don't know how to explain what happened. Holy so shit. It's nut bar. That's cool. Well, I mean, it's not cool. That's not the right word. Also, it's you invoked a goddamn demon's name in my house. Oh, I'm so sorry. See, here's... Up, okay, no. As a, as a <laughs> I tangent, swear to God, Taylor. <laughs> no. Like, uh, like, honest to God, as a tang- tangent, one of my favorite bands is Ghost. And they're very like, let's worship Satan. It's like a vaudevillian thing. Sure. Um... And like, so like I sing those lyrics all the time and there's one where it's just a string of demons names and like nothing's happened to me and I've been doing it since the summer. So like, (laughs) if shit goes down, it's going to be because I'm like, when I'm listening to like fucking ghost. (laughs) It's a great song. It's called Kiss the Go-Goat. That's. It's about making out with Satan. I was gonna say, yeah, that's gross, and I love it. It's so good. <laughs> Emily is so over it right now. She's done with both of us on a level I have never seen. Emily, are you ready to tell us a story that has perhaps, hopefully, nothing to do with demons? All right. Okay. Oh, I know what it <laughs> is though. Oh, she's containing her rage. Emily. No, I'm not talking us. to you right now. I love you so much. <laughs> I'm skipping that first joke that I had. No, you have I'm to so do it. I'm so mad you at you. No, 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 I want to hear the joke. Give me that joke. <laughs> Give me that joke. <laughs> all right. So today we're going to talk about a few things that all tie in together. I'm not going to go super in depth with like some of the backstory on this because there's a ton of documentaries and podcasts and movies and things out there about it okay um but i am going to be talking about rasputin and the romanovs i do believe he was the lover of the russian queen yeah also huge cock (laughs) did he have a giant tongue yeah rasputin yeah Rasputin had just a fucking fourteen-inch horse cock. (laughs) Just a hog of a man. (laughs) Nicholas Romanoff was crowned (laughs) Tsar of Russia in 1894. Uh I did hear a rumor about this, and it might have been in Saint Peter's. He was the. Have you heard? Eldest son of Emperor Alexander III and heir to the throne. Yes. Now Alexander did not adequately. Fuck. Prepare his son to rule <laughs> he did not Russia. Fuck. That was racked with political turmoil. So basically, Nicholas was screwed from the get-go. A few days after his coronation, like 1,400 of his subjects died in a stampede. And then Whoa. a lot of other shit happened. Like a stampede of like people? No. Like Lion King wildebeests? 
house? Creatures of some sort. Um, they had been gathered on a large field in Mos- Moscow to receive coronation gifts and souvenirs. So it really could have just been some fucking cows. Yeah. So <laughs> his response to that ended up earning him the nickname Nicholas the Bloody because he did not respond well. Oh, okay. Yikes. So a lot more shit happened and he eventually had a son. He had five children, four girls and one boy. The youngest was the boy named Alexei, which you might know was born with hemophilia. Yes. Um, but the family kept his disease secret. Um, the only boy, like. Yeah, he was the heir to the throne. They needed him to appear healthy. Whoops. Yes. <laughs> so hemophilia, for anyone who doesn't know, causes people to basically bleed to death from a slight cut. So they okay. usually have a lot of body pain. They're very weak. They like, lack the ability to coagulate blood. Yeah. Right? yeah, it's not like I originally thought like a sexual attraction to blood. When I was younger, I'm not. I'm not saying I mean, that to be stupid, but like hemophilia. Yeah, my fucking brain was like, "Wow, oh, that's weird." But very, okay, I bet there's a very similar word that means that. <laughs> so the Empress Alexandra, um, Nicholas's wife, mm-hmm. became very enthralled with Rasputin, who was a mystic. For anyone who doesn't know, who told her that he could save Alexei's life. And he did pull back some of the pain. He somehow made Alexei more comfortable. Yeah, isn't it like Heroin? a lot of people don't really know how he did it, but he was able to help sometimes. My bet mm-hmm. is like drugs. I don't yeah, know. Like drugs that maybe no one else knew about. Yeah. Who knows? Like, yeah. It's kind of crazy. And this was all happening. And then in 1914, Russia was drawn into World War One. That little thing that happened. But they were unprepared for the scale and magnitude of the fighting. Mm -hmm. Nicholas's subjects were absolutely horrified by the number of casualties the country sustained. Now, Russia had the largest number of deaths in the war. Yeah. And that was over 1.8 million military deaths. So much. And about 1.5 million civilian deaths. I mean, over 3 million people. Yeah. We've never, as a country, sustained anything like that. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> like, imagine knowing that three million people in your country died. Yeah, you'd yeah. be really pissed. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit. A Just little a incensed. Little. <laughs> yeah. So, a little more information on Rasputin. So, in 1906 is when he started acting as a healer for Alexei. So, little, like, eight years before World War One. Uh-huh. So, okay. big influence in the family. And at court, he was seen as a very divisive figure. Because he had the ear of the Tsarina. Sure. I have a bit of a question for you. Was like, I, I like I don't mean this in like a weird way. Like, did did Rasputin look like I I've never actually seen a picture of him actually. Did, was he actually like charismatic and hot and like a Ted Bundy way, no. or was he no, like the rush like the movie Anastasia way? Yeah, he was like. I mean, that's probably like you know it's a cartoony version it's- of him. Yeah, but I'm not saying was Rasputin a rotting corpse, but like, like no, nasty, was he super hold thick? On. No, <laughs> no, from yeah, from everything I remember hearing, he uh, he was not a handsome man. No. Okay, he was charismatic. Yeah, he people loved him. Sure, mm-hmm. sure, sure, sure. People genuinely loved him. And he had just the biggest this fucking is dick. Like a good photo of him. Yeah, but oh, he like he doesn't look he like looks unattractive. Okay he looks like a normal and... dude. Yeah. Hold your judgment. Oh, 
Those look like the dead eyes of a killer. Yeah, yeah but okay, <laughs> plus side, huge dick. <laughs> like, but literally, though, like that man fucked. Literally. Literally all the time. <laughs> Disputing fucks. <laughs> all right. So the high point of Rasputin's power was in 1915 when Nicholas II left St. Petersburg to oversee the Russian army's fighting World War I, which is why I specifically mentioned that. Sure. Mm-hmm. So Rasputin technically is kind of my survivor because... That bitch just didn't he, die? He, just, he didn't die. Yeah. He like, refused to die. <laughs> mad props. They were like, what if you die? And he was like, no. Nah. <laughs> so the first assassination attempt on Rasputin was in the late June or early July of 1914. And I had a really hard time finding like a solid date. Sure. Uh, it 30, was the back times. A 33-year-old peasant woman named Chiona Guseva. Guseva? Attempted to assassinate Rasputin by stabbing him in the stomach outside of his home <laughs> in Pro- Pokroskoye. So he just walks up to him. Yep. <laughs> just shanks he the was, bitch, leaves. <laughs> the Lannisters send their regards. wounded. And for a time, it wasn't clear that he was going to make it. Shit. He ended up having to have surgery, which in 1914 is a big deal. Not great. And he spent quite some time in the hospital in Tumen. However, he did recover. I lived, bitch. Oh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's on his fucking tombstone in Russian. Just, I lived, bitch. Guseva was a follower of Iliodor, who was a former priest who had supported Rasputin before denouncing his, um, quote, sexual escapades. <laughs> From all the fucking. And self aggrandizement in December of 1911. So, this. Former priest was a ra- radical conservative and anti-Semite. Oh, shit. And had been part of a group of establishment figures who had attempted to drive a wedge between the royal family and Rasputin. That didn't work out in 1911. Iliador was banished from St. Petersburg. Oh. And defrocked. Oh. So Get fucked. No longer a priest. Don't fuck with Rasputin. Get fucked by Rasputin. <laughs> Guseva claimed to have acted alone having read about Rasputin in the newspapers and believed him to be a, quote, false prophet and even an antichrist. Ooh, I could buy that. Both the police (laughs) and Rasputin, however, believed that Iliador had played some role in the attempt on Rasputin's life. Um, Iliador had fled the country before he could be questioned about the assassination attempt, and Guseva was found to be not responsible for her actions due to insanity. Okay, he does not sound guilty. Yeah. So, according to Rasputin's daughter, Maria, he was a very changed man by the experience and began to drink alcohol. So, he wasn't drinking before that. Oh, he had kids. Yes. Oh, cool. (laughs) So, having decided that Rasputin's influence over the Tsarina had made him a threat to the empire, a group of nobles led by Prince Felix Yusupov, the Grand Duke Dmitry Pavlovich, and the right-wing politician Vladimir... mm, Purushkevich nice. concocted a plan to kill Rasputin in December of 1916 by luring Rasputin to you suppose Moika Palace. Get good scrubs. Yeah. Not gonna work so good. Yeah. He'll rise, bitch. <laughs> I don't know that much about it. I just know he was hard to kill. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was invited to the home shortly after midnight, because that makes sense. Sure. Yeah, come to my house in the middle of the night. And You're they, definitely not gonna die here. <laughs> they ushered him into the basement. 
again. Oh no! Oh my no god! Sense. Did they cast a Vamonta What's It him? <laughs> How many demons were in the? Movie? I got some dope ass vodka brewed by some two hundred demons. You want to come up? Yusupov offered oh, Rasputin tea and cakes, which had been laced with cyanide. Ooh, oh shit! Shit. Now, at first, Rasputin refused the cakes, but then began to eat them. To Yusupov's surprise, Rasputin did not appear to be affected by the poison. Oh, he's been eating fucking cyanide for decades. He princess bride it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rasputin then asked for some Madeira wine, um, which, if you aren't familiar, it's very date rapey. Oh. But check out the song Have Some Madeira, My Dear. I thought you were oh. going to say Funky Cold Madeira. <laughs> no, that's Funky Cold Medina. Yeah. Like, oh, is it? Yes. yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I seriously didn't know that. Holy, I'm so proud of you right now. What's Medina? I actually don't know. <laughs> I'm not Googling it. I got to okay. get through this. Yes, yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> so Rasputin asked for some Madeira wine that had also been poisoned. He drank three glasses of it and was still showing no signs of distress. Uh, Around 2.30 a.m., Yusupov excused himself to go upstairs where his fellow conspirators were waiting. I'm so tired of trying to kill this guy. Yeah. (laughs) He then returned to the basement, referring to a crucifix that was in the room, and told Rasputin that he'd, quote, better look at the crucifix and say a prayer, (laughs) and then shot him (gasps) once in the chest. Oh, they're like, just give me a fucking gun. I'm so tired. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Believing him to be dead, they then drove to Rasputin's apartment with one of the guys wearing Rasputin's coat and hat in an attempt to make it look as though Rasputin had returned home. Sure. They then came back to Moika Palace. Um, Yusupov went back into the basement to ensure that Rasputin was actually dead. Rasputin instead leapt up and attacked Yusupov, who somehow, ma- like, apparently it quotes, like, with some effort, managed to free himself and fled upstairs. He's been shot and poisoned. Yes. Oh, my God. Rasputin then followed and made it into the palace's courtyard before being shot by Purushkevich, I think, two more times, and then collapsing into a snowbank. They then beat the ever-loving shit out of him. Mm -hmm. There's rumors that they castrated him, but that's not true. They then wrapped his body in a cloth, drove it down to Petrovsky Bridge, and dropped it into the Malaya Nevka River. Imagine needing to yeah. try that fucking hard to kill a dude. How do how do you not like kill a dude? Like human beings are so fucking fragile. Right. Yeah. Like I could fall down on this, like I could hit my head on this cupboard and just fucking die. I mean, yes. that's why he was such a figure though, right? Like yeah. he was like supernatural almost. Yeah. He fucking lived, bitch. He did. <laughs> he lived he so lived. hard. He lived so hard. So they found his body a few days later because these workmen saw blood on the bridge and like a pair of boots. Sure. And we're like, hey, what the fuck? Oh, that was nice. They got him to take his shoes off first. Didn't want to get them wet. He was, the, was a- there was an autopsy done that did confirm that he was dead before he went in the river. Oh, okay. So that was the things, overkill. the things that say like he was poisoned, shot, beaten and drowned before he died. He was just poisoned, shot, and beaten. Oh, still, you know, it's still, still a whole a hell of a lot. Yeah, He's yeah, yeah. yeah. Beating up yeah. from the gunshot wounds yeah. and, you know, getting kicked. Yep. <laughs> that cold ass water. Oh, no, he was dead before that. Yeah. Still, like, I love that they started out thinking, well, poison this motherfucker. He'll eat a cake. 
we'll all go to bed at a good time. <laughs> they end up having to do like four things to him yeah. to believe that he is dead. This yeah. shit ain't working, Juice. <laughs> <laughs> and all of the tricks they tried to do with like making it look like he was back in his apartment didn't work. Everyone figured out he was dead. And this is the beginning of Russia's attempt to cover up murders and it not going well. Ghost time, kind of. Mm -hmm. This was just like really interesting. Spooky? Is it spooky? So I think everyone's familiar with the Haunted Mansion. It's a Disney attraction. Yes. It's very famous. So the Haunted Mansion, it's cool. You like get in a little cart. And it, like, takes you around, and it does a lot of mirror tricks and, like, that kind of shit. And there's mm -hmm. the singing heads. David S. Pumpkins. There's no David S. Pumpkins. He's his own thing. Oh, is yeah. he just for SNL? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's okay. too bad, right? That sucks. Yeah. I would totally do it. Now, for the Disney, I believe this was for California, they were going to have this storyline with historical ghosts like Jack the Ripper, Guy Fox, Ivan the Terrible, and like more. That'd be so cool. Ooh. And Walt Disney himself barred Rasputin's ghost from being included. Whoa. <laughs> Walt Disney what? was like, fuck you. <laughs> and this was in 1950. Is that also because okay. he was anti-Semitic? <laughs> I heard about no. that. No. Not that, I'm not saying like Shockingly, Jewish, but he had. Was he? He was not anti-Semitic. Disney. No, 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 no. Was Rasputin Jewish? I know Disney was. No, I don't, I don't think, think so. so. But okay. I think he was just like friendly because the other guy you said he fought with was anti-Semitic. Right. Yeah. So Disney's Imagineer Mark Davis decided that Grigory Rasputin, the seemingly, quote, unkillable Russian mystic, <laughs> would make a fabulously frightening phantom. Not no. And they had drawn up some portraits because they were going to have a portrait of like his hypnotizing eyes Whoa. that would morph oh, into an all-seeing eyeball. And I Hell have the yeah. portraits here. Oh, please, Hell oh, please, yeah. Oh, please. So you have the beginning portrait of Rasputin. Creepy eyes already. And then the eyes just get bigger. That's cool oh. as shit. And it gets into one big eye. And this I... was in the 50s. Yeah, it's like a so, portrait like, and it just... The shit they would have done now... Right. It would be insane. I kind of want that. Then. I want that last portrait. It no. looks really cool. No, that's not allowed in this house. Okay. Oh, just the big old eye? Yep. All right. You don't want the Rasputin eye? Nope. I'll think about it. So <laughs> they were really excited about it. And then when they put it down on Walt Disney's desk, he's like, no. Damn. We're him. not having Rasputin in here. I mean, maybe he's right, but who knows? He wasn't frightened of the idea of having Rasputin take up residence in the Haunted Mansion. Um, he was more afraid of being sued. Because at this point, Rasputin had only been dead for a little over three decades and still had a lot of living relatives. Mm -hmm. Shit, that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. I always forget how not long ago it was that Rasputin existed. Yeah. Like early 1900s. It, yeah. It seems like he's like some medieval folklore figure. Yes. But like Emily, and again, Emily, Emily just showed on us. It's like, oh, yeah, no, that, that was just a black and white photograph. Right. You know? A, there are real photographs of him. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. yeah. He seems like something that we would only hear about in books that are 300 years old. Yeah, like a King Arthur sort of deal. Yes. Right. Nuts. So that's the Rasputin piece of this. Mm. Wait, there's more? We're going to skip back to the Romanovs. Yes. All right. So in order to do that, 
we have to talk about the Red Terror. Oh. That's when you're... No. (laughs) (laughs) Stop and eat our dicks. All right. (laughs) So the war that was going on in Russia had grown Mm -hmm. and people were getting increasingly upset with Nicholas and the Romanov family and the Tsar regime and they decided we're done. Let's do a revolution. Yeah. Let's do one of those. Whatever control Nicholas still had over the country dissolved. Sure. um, After World War One, there were no men at home to farm. The food system had collapsed. The transportation system had fallen apart and people began to riot. Wow, imagine being that bad at taking care of a country. Yeah. I was no, I was reading about this thing where like cannibalism was really rampant. Mm-hmm. Oh, I believe that. There yeah. was no famine. There was no I food. Think that was the same thing. I know what happened to Russia a bunch you of times. You allow agriculture to collapse? You have to get creative. You have really fucked up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and you got to start eating your neighbors. <laughs> just eat Sally. <laughs> Sally sucks. Uh, you hear yeah. her stories. Yeah. Just go eat her. Yeah. <laughs> Hannibal, that shit. And bitch always plants petunias too early. (laughs) (laughs) So at first, Nicholas was like, nah, I'm not going to abdicate. This isn't happening. But March of 1917, actually, I believe on my birthday, March 22nd, 1917. Happy birthday, Russian Revolution. (laughs) He stepped down. Oh, shit. In November of 1917, Bolshevik revolutionaries led by Vladimir Lenin, that name should be very familiar. Oh, yes took over the government. Nicholas tried to convince the British and then the French to give him asylum because his wife was the granddaughter of Queen Victoria. Sure. But both countries refused. (laughs) They were like, nah, man, you on your own. Yeah. (laughs) The Bolsheviks, we're going to talk about them. For anyone not familiar, they were a faction founded by Vladimir Lenin Mm -hmm. and Alexander Bogdanov. Mm. That split from the Menshevik fashion, oh, sure, them Russian names of the Marxist Russian Social Democratic Labor Party, or the <laughs> RSDLP for short. My so short, yeah, that's such a short. <laughs> <laughs> Emily's like exhausted by all this shit. <laughs> Which was a revolutionary socialist political party formed in 1898. Damn. So after forming their own party in 1912, the Bolsheviks took power in Russia in in 1917 in November, overthrowing the, quote, liberal provisional government of Alexander Kerensky and became the only ruling party in subsequent now Soviet Russia, Mm -hmm. which then turned into the Soviet Union. The Romanovs, because they couldn't get asylum anywhere and if again go to ask a mortician watch the video she just did about the romanovs she goes a little more in depth as to why england turned them away when they otherwise probably wouldn't have Hmm. so they were imprisoned they were in three different houses and eventually moved to the house called the house of the special purpose oh yeah that's not ominous at all yeah nothing about that is weird or creepy yeah we're fine it was the ipatiev house in yekaterinaburg Whoa, Ooh. that's my name. And yeah. it was a house, quote, with no bed linens, a lot of dust, and not enough plates or silverware. They're royals. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're, okay. they're like, As a side fuck? note, when the movie Anastasia came out, that is one of my many middle names. <laughs> yes. um, I told everyone 
that I was related to the Princess Anastasia. And I was like 12 Princess when it Anastasia. No, I was like eight when it came out. People believed me. They thought I was like Russian royalty for a couple oh seconds. God, it was fucking amazing. I mean, like, I'm not gonna tell them no. It was awesome. I'm Grandma, sorry. Continue. It's me. Anastasia. <laughs> I'm sorry, continue. <laughs> so soldiers hassled them and drew lewd images on the walls and um in the bathroom, covering them with obscene poems about Alexandra, the wife. Ooh. Oh, that's not good. Ooh, that's not cool. Imagine so, being a queen. There was the decision by the Bolsheviks that many people still thought Nicholas was the legitimate ruler of Russia. So while he was alive, people were going to rally around his cause. Mm, okay. There was the white army and then like the red army. Mm, so it was okay. like a really weird chess game. The yeah. blood of angry men. So in the white corner, wrong revolution. You had people wanting to restore Nicholas to the throne. Mm-hmm. In the red corner, you had the Bolsheviks <laughs> wanting Sir. to kill them. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. So, yeah. So the Russian Imperial Romanov family, so Nicholas, his wife, Alexandra, and then their five children, Olga, Tatiana, Maria, Anastasia, and Alexei, were all imprisoned. Um, their doctor was also there, Eugene Botkin. And then they had like a servant and like a housekeeper or something. Mm. They had a couple other people. They had some staff that came with them. And then dogs. I don't like the face you just fucking made. Yeah, uh, and then it just made me feel bad about mentioning that. Are the dogs going to die? Emily? While the Romanovs were having dinner on July 16th, 1918. Oh, my God. Oh God. They fed them the dogs. No. No, no. Yurovsky, no. <laughs> who was their basically Bolshevik handler, he was like running the house. Sure. They mm. had someone before that, but that person was seen as being too soft. Oh, so oh shit. Okay. So they got rid of him. Okay. And brought in Yurovsky. Did they get like, do you know if they got rid of him or did they get quote unquote rid? That him? I don't know. They probably killed him. Oh, I don't okay. know. It's Russia yeah. in the early 1900s. Yeah, that makes, yeah, 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 yeah. So he entered the sitting room and informed them that the kitchen boy, Leonid Sednev, was leaving to meet his uncle, Ivan Sednev, who had returned to the city asking to see him. Our first survivor. Oh. Leonids. So Ivan was dead. Okay. He'd been shot when he came back into the city. Okay. Leonid oh. didn't know that. So he went there expecting to meet his... Right. Oh, my God. But Shit. the family was also very upset as Leonid was Alexei's only playmate. Oh. So he was then also the fifth member of the Imperial Entourage to be taken from them. But Yurovsky was like, don't worry, he'll be back soon. Uh, nope. Alexandra did not trust him. Yeah. Writing in her final diary entry just hours before her death, quote, whether it's true and we shall see the boy back again. Leonid was, in fact, kept in the Popov house that night. Away from the massacre. So he was there. He just... He was just taken to a different house. Sure, okay. Yakov Yurovsky um, saw no reason to kill him and wanted him removed before the execution took place. Hmm. So, extrapolating here, I believe that is the kitchen boy that Dimitri is based off of. That's I kind just, of what I assumed. Yeah. Just gonna ask, absolutely. Yep. 
So they, they treat, sorry, in, in Anastasia, the movie, they treat it as if they are still king and queen when the revolution like breaks down the doors of the palace and drags yeah, them. From not it. accurate. Not um, at all accurate. I'm sorry. I don't know about you guys, but I look for all of the historical accuracy in Meg Ryan films. <laughs> so <laughs> it's true. That one's really, I mean, Rasputin was really definitely a ghost slash zombie. Listen, yeah. <laughs> I, from what Emily just said, I would be like, like, if you were to be like, oh, yeah, no, Rasputin's in this room with us right now. I'd be like, all right. <laughs> Rob's He's there, still right? alive. Whatever. <laughs> so around midnight on July 17th, Yurovsky ordered the Romanov's physician, Dr. Eugene Botkin, to awaken the sleeping family and ask them to put on their clothes. Under the pretext that the family was being moved to a safe location due to impending chaos. Mm-hmm. I tricked them. In Yekaterinburg. Now, the Romanovs were like, okay, we're being taken out. We're going. We're going. So they put on all their clothes. And this is important. A lot of the women had sewn jewels and, like, like jewelry and, like, royal gems into their undergarments to sure. put on under their clothes to smuggle them out. Yeah, 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 yeah. So wow. they'd okay. have something to sell. Sure. So it's like swallowing like stuff, like right. little stuff like that too and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just to have something of value. Yep. Makes sense. So the Romanovs were then ordered into a 20 foot by 16 foot semi-basement room Ooh. and were told to wait in the cellar room while the truck that would be transporting them was brought to the house. Hmm. A few minutes later, an execution squad of secret police were brought in and Yurovsky read aloud the orders given to him by the Ural Executive Committee. And Nicholas is only, and this like stands out in my mind, he reads this order of execution and Nicholas's reaction is what? <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's legit. Just, that's... They were not, this was, there was no indication. Yeah. Right. It, it's a bunch of, uh, hang on, what? Uh, yeah. Hold the phone. <laughs> The Empress and Grand Duchess Olga, so the oldest daughter, Mm -hmm. um, according to a guard's memory, tried to bless themselves but failed amid the shooting. Woof. Oh, like it happened so immediately. Yes. That they're in the middle of like crossing themselves or something. something, And like. And they like made a determination that they weren't going to have like shotguns or rifles in the basement. So it was all handguns because they didn't Mm -hmm. want to make a lot of noise. (laughs) Handguns back then were very fucking loud and, and they right. had to be loaded and they made a lot of smoke, mm-hmm. which we'll also get into. Mm-hmm. Um, Yurovsky reportedly raised his Colt gun at Nicholas's torso and fired. Nicholas fell dead, pierced with at least three bullets in his upper chest. Oof. The intoxicated Peter Ermakov, who was a military commissar, mm-hmm. shot and killed Alexandra with a bullet wound to her head. Ooh. He then shot at Maria, who was running and hit her in the thigh. Oof. The shitty thing is, in the smoke and the chaos, they couldn't see or hear anything anymore. Mm-hmm. So they really only hit the adults. <gasps> and the children were still alive. Ooh. Oh, shit. This is not the light. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, <Damn> Emily. <laughs> Alexei Kabanov, who was one of the guards, ran out onto the street to check noise levels and heard dogs barking from the Romanov's quarters and the sound of gunshots mm-hmm. loud and clear, mm-hmm. despite the noise from the running Fiat's engine that they were using to try and cover. <laughs> oh. It oh, they thought a Fiat was going to yeah. cover that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> all right. Okay, bud. Hilarious. This is sad. Well, I mean, this is all sad. Yeah, this is like, to say. especially sad. This mm-hmm. all sucks. 
Kabanov then hurried downstairs and told the men to stop firing and killed the fa- and to kill the family and their dogs with their gun butts and bayonets. Oh no! Oof. So beat them to death. Yes. Nope. So within minutes, Yurovsky was forced to stop shooting because the caustic smoke of burnt burnt gunpowder, dust from the plaster ceiling caused by the reverberations of bullets, and the deafening gunshots. Woof. So when they stopped, they opened the doors to try and scatter the smoke. And then they could hear the moans and whimpers coming from inside the room. Oh, no. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah. All of the Imperial children were alive. Mm -hmm. And furthermore, only Maria was injured. Like they hadn't even hit. They hadn't even hit the other kids. So like. Pretty much like the men. The adults were dead, yeah. and several of the family's retainers that they had had with mm-hmm, them were mm-hmm. dead now. But the kids and one lady was still alive. Maria is one of the daughters. Okay. Oh, okay. 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 So yeah, it's just they were smaller targets. They got lost in the smoke. Holy fuck! So if they hadn't been that thorough, if they'd been like, "Oh shit, we gotta go," the kids would have survived. Mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. This is also right. not the light. <laughs> The noise of the guns had been heard by households all around and had awakened many people. No shit. Uh, yeah, that Fiat so wasn't going to do shit. They, <laughs> yeah, they proceeded with their bayonets, which was not effective. <laughs> That's stabbing them a bunch. Yep. And they were hitting the gems sewn into the clothing Whoa. with the bayonets so they and like with the bullets. Hard. They were hitting the gems. Shit. Whoa. So they, they had to go for the head. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah. Oh, no. And they at one point had brought down two chairs for the queen, well, the Sardina, and then for Alexi, the heir, because he's super weak. Mm-hmm. And, like, Yurovsky was heard saying, like, okay, let them die in a chair. Ugh. Oh, well, that's so nice. So Alexi was still seated and alive. Mm-hmm. And... He's the one with hemophilia, right? Yeah. Holy mm-hmm. shit. Because he also had jewels yeah. sewn into his undergarments yeah. and his cap. It's just okay. crazy that that kid was probably so close to death so many times in his life and he didn't die until now. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. So yeah. it was, it's, if you like really want to go into it, you can Google it. It's pretty fucking graphic. It's nope. not good. Did somebody like take pictures and stuff after? No, the descriptions. Oof. Because it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was bad. It was very bad. It was very brutal. It was very bloody. And they were down there for about 20 minutes doing this. That's a long ass time. It's a very long time. Oh my God. So upsetting. There were a couple investigations into what happened. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They Um, did. One of the investigations had Yurovsky later admitting to one of his men's, quote, poor mastery of his weapon and inevitable nerves. Okay. Sure. The shaky hands. The investigations calculated that possibly 70 bullets were fired, um, roughly seven bullets per shooter, of which 57 were found in the basement in all three, and at all three subsequent grave sites. You have a 10-man firing squad. (laughs) Y'all can't kill. Some kids. Yep. <laughs> yeah, can't do some shit. Twenty foot room. How? Like Jesus. how? I'm, I'm no wondering. Like, I mean, there's a there's a lot of factors, but now that you mentioned the weak nerves thing, I'm wondering how many people are just like these guys are fucking kids, right? Yeah. And how many people were like, fuck it, right? You know what I mean? These are my orders, but also, 
I don't want to do this. Yeah. Well, this the one that he said had the weak nerves, I will say, is the one who killed Alexi, and he, like, em- emptied his entire magazine Oof. into one person. So maybe he started a little bit hesitant and then just, yeah. like, and way just overcompensated. Like, We're done. Yeah. Jesus. So Holy shit. This is, this is, this is the light. Oh. Out of Survivor? Yes. Alexi Spaniel, Joy, survived and was rescued by a British officer of the Allied Intervention Force. Okay. And lived out his final days in Windsor, Berkshire. So while not human, there was at least one survivor of the massacre. It was... (laughs) Alexi's dog. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh... That's okay. (laughs) The... Well, the dog is one of the dogs out of, oh my God. Out of a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it was really sad. Oh my God. Anastasia apparently like took her dog downstairs with her because she didn't want to leave it behind. Well, right. They were told they were leaving. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. So much unnecessary bullshit. Yeah. Heartbreaking. Oh my God. And if you listen to, because I'm going to get into, like, a few of the people that, like, said they were the survivors, like they were Anastasia. Grandmama. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Conspiracy theory time. Woo. I yes, love please. this shit. Oh, yes. my God. I eat yes. this up for breakfast. Because it was... Hi, Bam Bam. Oh, buddy. Because it was during the reign of the Bolsheviks, mm-hmm. and everything got locked down, and everything was secrets. Um, I will say this. Yurovsky told any of his men when he saw them starting to try and loot the bodies that if they did that they'd be shot oh really oh wow they were so, buried with their gems so they were trying not to i mean uh, i don't know i'm not trying to give them credit but, but they no. also like barbarians about it yeah, yeah they split the bodies up between three burial sites mm-hmm. to try and like keep them from being found mm-hmm. do you know if they're still like did they find them are they still there yes today? Cool. i'm gonna get into that cool, 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 cool sorry it took a very long time to find the bodies yeah crazy because everything was locked down until the USSR collapsed. Russia doesn't tell secrets. <laughs> <laughs> Russia, what the fuck, y'all? <laughs> we just talked about Chernobyl. Yeah. So Grand Duchess <laughs> Anastasia. That's me. Was the youngest daughter of Tsar Nicholas II and the last sovereign of Imperial Russia. Now, a lot of rumors happened that she survived. In St. Petersburg. Have you heard there's a rumor in St. Petersburg? Have you heard what they're saying in the streets? <laughs> I'm sorry. That is a banger of a musical. It's a fucking banger. The location of her burial... <laughs> you didn't know what's going to fucking happen. <laughs> God damn it. The location of her burial was unknown during the decades of communist rule. Mm-hmm. They dumped a lot of the bodies in an abandoned mine near um, Yekaterinburg. Which then they like dumped acid on it. Oh. Oh shit. Yeah. All right. And that was the Tsar, his wife, and three of their daughters. And that was revealed in 1991. Whoa. I was alive back then. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. So that means that Alexi and Anastasia are the two that still are unaccounted for at that point. Maybe. Oh. I, I just love, like, I don't love, but, like, the the idea that they're, they're pouring us and they're like, y'all remember what happened to Rasputin? We're going to make double sure this shit yeah. don't happen. I don't believe they're dead until we've done four yeah. different things to kill. Yeah. Russians are notoriously hard to kill. 
Yeah. <laughs> so even then, they weren't able to conclusively determine that Anastasia's body was in that group mm-hmm. because Russia didn't have DNA testing. You just because see there's three girls. Lenin yeah. had shot the people trying to do DNA testing and like trying to bring it to Russia. Of course, there was like some falling out with that scientific group, and yeah. he would. They just they were killed. That's great. great. Good That's for them. fucking so, great. Jesus. The bodies of Alexei and then either Anastasia or her older sister Maria were discovered in 2007. Whoa. Uh, 12 fucking years ago. So just a fun fact, something just like nice. <laughs> <laughs> just during, have something nice, Emily. <laughs> Emily, please. <laughs> during World War One, Anastasia, along with her sister Maria, visited wounded soldiers at a private hospital in the grounds of, oh, God. Sargoye Selo. Selo? Sure. Sure. The two teenagers were too young to become Red Cross nurses like their mother and elder sisters. Mm -hmm. So they played games of checkers and billiards with the soldiers and tried to lift their spirits. Aww. Can you Um, imagine playing checkers with a princess? (laughs) Adorable. That'd be dope as hell. Felix Dassel, who was treated at the hospital and knew Anastasia, recalled that the Grand Duchess, quote, had a laugh like a squirrel (laughs) and walked... And walked rapidly as though she tripped along. Oh, so she was not graceful or low. Yeah. No, she was just kind of silly. Yeah, <laughs> she, she, she's just fucking getting it. Good I for her. Like a squirrel. And she that. apparently used to troll the guards while they were in prison. Hell yeah! The guards either loved her or they absolutely hated her. Amazing. That's my girl. <laughs> so at least ten women have claimed to be her, mm-hmm. offering varying stories on how they survived. Mm-hmm. Anna Anderson is the best-known Anastasia imposter who first surfaced publicly around 1920 and said that she had feigned death among the bodies of her family and servants and that she was able to make her escape with the help of a compassionate guard who noticed that she was still breathing and took sympathy upon her. Probably a good... That's a good story. It's a good story. Shit like that happens. And it was enough that two of the surviving members of the Romanov family, including the aunt, came and met her. Just to see if it was true. Yeah. And the aunt continued to come and see her for months after. Although they both had their doubts. I wonder what changed their minds, like, ultimately. Yeah. Well, the aunt, it's recorded as saying that the aunt looked at her feet and said she had feet like Anastasia. Okay. There was something like distinct about her feet. Sure. Okay. Huh. Now, eventually, she had to have just not enough information about yeah. Anastasia's life. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, couldn't just Google she, that back then. No, right. she was also in and out of mental institutions. Oh. Oh, so she may solid, have actually like believed. Yeah. Okay. Solid chunk of her life. Delusions. Oh, fascinating. Wow. Yeah. So she actually went through a legal battle for recognition. Starting in 1938. Trying to get verified, but in the 30s. Yep. That blue check mark of life. <laughs> yep. She was in legal battles from 1938 to 1970. Wow. Yes. Imagine fighting that hard. You must be delusional. Right. It was the longest running case ever heard by the German courts. Yeah. Where it was officially filed. Holy oh, shit. And... <laughs> The final decision of the court was that Anderson had not provided sufficient proof to claim identity of the Grand Duchess. She fucking wasn't. (laughs) Sorry, honey. She died in 1984, and her body was cremated. 
Um, DNA tests were able to be conducted in 1994 on a tissue sample from Anderson that was located in a hospital. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the blood of Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh, a great nephew of Empress Alexandra, according to Dr. Gill, who conducted the test, quote, if you accept that these samples came from Anna Anderson, then Anna Anderson could not be related to Tsar Nicholas or Tsarina Alexandra. Okay, so delusions. Yeah. The mitochondrial okay, well, DNA was not a match. And we all know that is the powerhouse of the cell. <laughs> right. So her DNA, though, it was a match with a great nephew of Franziska Shenskowska. I just can't. If I know This if I is look Polish. At these- Ooh, worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to the Polish. I don't mean that. It's just hard to pronounce your shit. Yeah. Who was a missing Polish factory worker. Mm. So. Oh, so like she did like go missing and shit. Yeah, she but, really was missing. But. She, she was from Poland yeah. and not Russia. Okay. Christ. Okay. So there were some other claimants, but again, nothing Nothing panned out. Yeah. Sure. But there were some really interesting theories that came out. Two young women, both claiming to be Anastasia and her sister Maria, were taken in by a priest in the Ural Mountains in 1919, where they lived as nuns until their deaths in 1964. So they, they And just, were buried under those names. What is the fucking point of doing that and then going to a convent? But I wonder They're if that's... to be famous. No, but I wonder if that's real then. Well, that seems like the most... No. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, DNA tests. But also, yeah, what is the point of just... Maybe they were like, well, they're not going to let us in just being who we are. We have to be... We have to be... Like the long con sort of thing. But then to just literally live as a nun forever. (laughs) Like, you think eventually you'd be like, nah, my name's like uh, Peg. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm Peggy. We've been here for 15 years. I think we're chill now. This is Beatrice. We are right. (laughs) So there were rumors of them being put on a train, which... Is in the movie. That's it's in the, the movie. movie. <laughs> so you know that story so much better than the real one. I wore that VHS tape. Ow. Uh-huh. <laughs> so there were trains and houses that were searched by Bolshevik soldiers and secret police. So they took these rumors for seriously. Anastasia. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Do you think they were gonna like just pop one? <laughs> like, do you think they were gonna kill her, the Bolsheviks? Probably. Yeah. If they found someone. Um, so they did take a girl so princess helena petrovna Mm. was the wife of anastasia's distant cousin prince john i'm not saying that last name i'm too tired no i like i like (laughs) prince john because it makes me think of robin hood (laughs) um reported that a guard brought a girl who called herself anastasia romanova to her cell Mm. she was imprisoned in perm it's fine I'm not getting Everything's into that. Everything's fine. Yeah. And asked if the girl was the daughter of the czar. Helena said she did not recognize the girl, and then the guards took her away. We don't know what happened to that girl. Shit. Whoa. Wow. So other witnesses in Perm then later reported that they saw Anastasia, her mother, and sisters in Perm after the murders. That wasn't true. No. But. They mm-hmm. were very dead. But you have this idea of Anastasia being alive and all of these witness accounts coming in and all of these stories 
and people claiming to be her and no way to test it because Russia kept killing their scientists. <laughs> and it's fine. Everything's fine. Oh, Communism's great. It's some, fine. These are some really compelling stories, too. Yeah. It's interesting that they latched on to Anastasia in particular. Mm-hmm. Right. She right. was the youngest daughter. Mm-hmm. Perfect age, I guess. Just the perfect age to... Makes for a tragic story. Yeah. Too. I was thinking Alexei was alive, like... Well, I get, but no, but like, I guess if you thought Alexi was alive, you're gonna have to prove that you had hemophilia, right? You know what I mean? And that's fucking hard to do. An heir to the throne, so there's a fight there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think Anna Anya was the best choice. So DNA testing eventually did happen in the 2000s. Wow, finally. Wow, and were they although Russia being Russia, like. Britain offered to help mm-hmm. and the US government was like, hey, we'll help. And they went to a dude in Florida. Okay. Whoa. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I got real mad. <laughs> but then they like there were multiple labs then that like picked up on it and were able to get samples and do some testing. Okay. So multiple laboratories, including the Armed Forces DNA Identification Laboratory and Innsbruck Medical University, right. did confirm that the remains that were later found belonged to Alexei and to one of his sisters, pr- proving conclusively that all of the family members, including Anastasia, died in 1918. Okay. The so parents and they all five of their that. children were accounted for, and there was a lot of bullshit about their bodies and where they could be buried and the churches are weird, but they were canonized and like they're saints. Are they now. all saints? Okay. And their bodies, I think, are in St. Petersburg. That's kind of crazy. I mean, I I disagree with them murdering the children. It's not the children's fault that Russia right. was falling apart. But also, but also, do they uh, saints? Are we sure? Yeah. Should we all? Is this some Joan of Arc shit going on? Is are the parent were like Nikolai and them canonized as well? Do we know? Because that's unacceptable. Nikolai was legitimately a very bad king. Yeah. He, he seems to have just not given a solitary fuck. He was, yeah. he was sent in. He was given the czarship. I don't know what they fucking call it. Right. The czarhood. <laughs> the czarhood. He, he was not an intelligent man. He was a dude that was just like, whatever. And yeah, he was like the ultimate fucking trust fund. Kid. But he was, yeah. yeah, he was thrown into... If it wasn't so cold, he'd have like 12 yachts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the canonization of the Romanovs was the elevation to sainthood and blah, 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 of the last imperial family of Russia. So it was all seven of them. Oh, okay. okay. And I can make a case for the kids, but the kids I could totally be there for. But both both Nikolai and whatever, Alexandra. Yeah. They both fucked up. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It's just like mid- literally millions of people died. Yeah. Their I... servants <laughs> on the upside, their servants who had also been killed were also canonized. Good. Okay. Good. Hey, look, it, it's and... more, it sounds like it's more to commemorate what happened to them yeah. than their actual lives. Than actual like close to God. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Physician Botkin, their footman, Alexei Troop, their cook, Ivan Something. Kartanov, and Alexa's maid, Anna Demidova. And then two of the servants killed in September of 1918 that I didn't talk about. Lady-in-waiting Anastasia Hendrikova and tutor Catherine Adolfna Schneider. Oh, what? <laughs> it's like, Schneider. It's like the, 
It's like the country's way of apologizing for how shitty. We so sorry. We're gonna get you in that church. Yeah. Yep. Where it's like you're gonna hold an egg thing in them portraits. Yeah. Maybe that's not the appropriate response, but maybe murdering them in a basement also wasn't the appropriate Uh, response. Unsurprisingly, the canonization of the family met some controversy. No shit. Shocking, no one. And (laughs) so, I learned. No, honestly, I I I purposely just didn't like legitimately on purpose i didn't learn shit about all of that because i mean it's a lot it's a lot well, no but i mean like and again and I only like i was i was named after some of this shit and like i right. i love you dad if you're listening but also like i purposely ignored you because i just <laughs> i just i was like okay cool let's move on i right. don't that's not me i'm i'm me right so it was really cool to like now that i'm almost 30 <laughs> to be like let's have emily learn about what i was named after right. a little bit <laughs> kind of fun yeah it was and, cool thank you and also sad super sad but thank you guys so much for joining us on our spooky episode thank spooky. you Kat. i spooked myself <laughs> yeah Good. there was a lot of spooky shit no, that was that I, was legitimately fascinating. I yeah, believe that Rasputin isn't a ghost somewhere. Yeah, I tried. I tried really hard to find ghost stories of like the Romanov families haunting somewhere or Rasputin haunting somewhere. It's me, and I couldn't find them. Again, though, that's Russia. That's Russia. Yeah, thank they're just not so, telling you. Yeah. yeah, they're probably there. I just mm-hmm. I couldn't find them. But also, like, what a crazy story. Yeah, <laughs> and the fact like Rasputin never dying, and then people not being sure. If Anastasia was dead for so long, right? Like, <laughs> what kills me is they're like, you know what this tragedy needs? A Don Bluth animated film with a talking bat. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just make this for children. Yeah. yeah. What the Let's fuck? just make this really happy story for children. <laughs> yes. So, uh, thank you about that cool ass ghost story. Yes. That was fucked up. Demons. Ugh. I'm sorry. 200 Demon House. That one's still, that one's going to stick with me a long time because it's yeah. like, damn, yeah. there is so much shit in there that is not explainable and yeah. no one is even trying. They're like, yeah. yeah, that happened. I don't know. So, oh, I mean, I guess you should probably be a little bit like Latoya. You should be praying. Uh, maybe just not like Rasputin or like the Romanovs or like the people who killed them. Be like the dog. Be like that yeah. dog. What if we were all chill for a little Get bit? Get through it like that yeah. dog. And in this spooky, spooky week, you should definitely, definitely, 100%. Forget your can of water. It's important. <laughs> and also, maybe like, you know, that one nurse said, uh, everybody gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> I. I, I'm a head out. Night, everyone. Bye.